Welcome to another episode of Peers Over Beers, your favorite digital and social evangelist podcast with your industry veteran hosts, Chris Tetzel. This podcast starts now. Welcome to another Peers Over Beers. I'm Chris Detzel and I'm Nicole Saunders. Nicole, how are you? I'm good. You know, it's it's summer. We're heading into a holiday weekend. I'm I'm doing all right with that. <laughs> well, yeah, you were telling me, and we'll get into this in a minute, that you're gonna go on this really cool uh trip. So that well, let's talk about that in a minute. And we also yeah. kind of on the pre-show, we talked a little bit about uh you know social branding. You're doing a lot more of that. And I kind of mentioned that I've seen you on Twitter and things like that more often uh, over the last several months. So I thought that was cool. I was like, wow, Nicole's kind of getting back into it, I guess, you know, so that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, so I went on a couple of vacations or I'm about to go on one vacation and I was on another vacation, went to France. So, you know, I think it's good to get away from work sometimes. What do you think? Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> I don't even want to like talk about how uncertain the world has been because this is like, <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows that now, right? Like the last couple of years have been a lot. Um, but it's such an important part of, of self-care to take that break, you know? And I always know that I need it when I find myself like out of my morning run thinking about work or yeah. chilling out on the weekend, reading about community management or something <laughs> like that, right? Like it's not, it's not what you want to be doing. Um, but yeah, I'm really lucky. I just hit my five-year anniversary at Zendesk. Wow. And um, one of the big perks that Zendesk gives us for that is a sabbatical. So we get to take a six-week break somewhere in our fifth or sixth year, typically, if we want to. Um, so I'm taking five weeks off this summer. Wow. And, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I always thought that it would be like, oh, I'm going to go to Europe for a month or I'm yeah. going to go to Japan. And like, now is not a good time to be traveling. And so I'm really excited to like, just treat it like summer break, like when we were kids and just hang out and get some house projects done and spend a bunch of time sitting by the lake, reading a book, <laughs> just not, not, no community books. Though, right? uh, you know, I'm going to, it's going to be hard for me to stay away from them, but I'm going to try yeah. to just read for fun. <laughs> not that, you know, no, there's nothing wrong with that. Like uh, when I go out for my runs, a lot of times, some of my work inspiration and ideas, they don't always Pan, pan out but but they come through a run so like today i was running this seven and, and this is probably dumb but i'll, I'll tell you a little story just because i think it's to me kind of fun and i would love to hear your thoughts so um i went on this run it's about a seven and a half miles and you know during this thing you know let's go back yesterday i had this conversation with my ceo he was like you know and he's always coming up with these ideas that i should be able to do you know going to do but you know i have a lot on my plate so i have to do some of those things too um, yep. But one of the things he mentioned, and I was kind of talking about, you know, it'd be really cool to to really start kind of going out and, and you guys do this all the time, you know, but it's just me. So, and we don't have anything like this is to to go on this road show and this road show would look something similar. Like I go to San Diego, Los Angeles, uh, San Francisco, and then do these events. And during these events, you know, we get you know, 10, 15 people there at each one, you know, it's kind of small, it's fairly cheap, you know, and maybe find a speaker, whether it's a customer or whether it's a prospect or even, you know, a relative or whatever. So it's thinking about that and he goes, yeah, you know, Chris, you should think about when you do those kinds of things is to brand it, 
you need to figure out how to brand it. And when you brand it, this way it sticks. It doesn't have to be Reltio, you know, but it has to be like, so, so that kind of stuck. And then it was like, you know, then you could probably go to like one of our, and this is on our website, so it's fine. One of our customers is CarMax, for example. Then you could go to CarMax, like, you know, like wherever they live, where they are, and you could have a conversation with them. And then, you know, uh, and then talk about how they not just use our product, but go into the uh, CarMax, you know, uh, store and show kind of like, hey, you go to CarMax, you do the, you know, to you start doing these things. And, and so when you look at kind of our system, for example, like, it's a backend system that really kind of operates every single business system that connects to it, right? So to get this 360 view of the customer. So quick example, and, and I'll stop on, on the, the work work stuff, but um, <laughs> but basically, you know, what it does is, you know, you have different stores that you can go into at CarMax, right? And so that's one. So if you've been to another CarMax, all the systems used to be disconnected. Now they're connected. And then when you get a loan or, you know, and then you also think about the people in your household, right? You know, and think about all that information about uh, the husband, wife, kids, whatever, in one household and, and all those kinds of things. That doesn't, getting that information is hard to get because it's different systems that it's in and everything else. Realtail connects it. So he was just saying, then you can go have a conversation with the person and then kind of show it, video it, do all these things. And I was like, I don't know, man. It sounds like a really hard. And um, and then on my run, I thought, dude, I could I could do that. That'd be so fun to kind of, you know, go to these companies and show the real value of what Reltio is giving because you know nobody can see what Reltio is doing per se. But if you could tell those stories in real life, I go to CarMax, I find a car. Where did that car come from? It came from another store. And then um, I got uh, approval for some financing and then boom, they got, they found the store, they brought it to me and all this stuff is powered by Railtail kind of stuff. Right. And then just doing that on video and however you do it or whatever. And I thought, yeah, I could, I could actually think about how to, um, you know, to brand that. And I could call it, you know, I live in Dallas, Texas. I could call it data cowboy. Right. You know, and then, when I go to these events and when I go to these people's uh, uh, places of work, you know, I could have a cowboy hat on. I could have, you know, because you think about a cowboy, right? Like it's just people just, I don't know what it is, but there's some charismatic thing about a cowboy, you know, for whatever reason. I don't know. But that's what I was thinking about whether anything happens or not. You know, I don't know. But it was just, I came, I came home to my wife and I thought, Leah, I got to tell you the story, you know, and she's, yeah, that sounds great, babe, you know. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Well, Anyways. what I love about that story though is like you're talking about like all these creative ideas that came up. You said yeah. you came while you're out on your run, right? Yeah. And so, you know, on the one hand, what I was calling out was, you know, it's a good time to take a break when you find yourself thinking about work too much when you're not at work. Yeah. On the other hand, you know, it's kind of that that unconscious or subconscious brain does a lot of those processing of ideas. And yeah. I was talking about this last week where um, oftentimes when we have a challenge, our tendency is to want to like think through it and like figure it out. Yeah. And sometimes the best thing to do is actually like set it down and walk away from it. Go on a yeah. run, go on a walk, go play a video game. Yeah. Let your brain do something else because chances are while you're focused on other things, your subconscious brain will come up with the really good ideas. I remember yeah. Yeah. to 
some podcast a while back. It, I don't know if it was Fresh Air, but it was something along those lines. And they were interviewing John Cleese from like Monty Python, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Going back a little while, right? Um, and he was talking about how whenever he would get stumped on a joke, he would sleep on it. Yeah. And he was like, damn, if I didn't wake up every time in the morning and I had the punchline of the joke or like my brain had figured it out. And he was talking about how it took him a long time to like trust that his brain would process things in the background and he could step away from something he was trying to figure out and yeah. it would sort it. But he was like, it always works, you know? I and so I think it's a, that's an important call out. Um, you know, and on the flip side, a run can be a great time to do things like listen to a podcast about sure. communities, maybe give you some inspiration for your like work a, Like day. the one that we're on today with Nicole and Chris, right? You know, yeah. Cheers Over Beers. You know, so. things like Cheers Over Beers. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but no, I, I do like your idea though. I think, you know, that's the other thing that I heard in there is you're talking about things that start to cross that bridge between community and customer marketing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's exactly. like a really great thing where like maybe you can loop that team in and bring them in and, yep, you know, after right. you go do your data cowboy visit, then they can publish <laughs> a story, right? Yes. Maybe they can, you can source that information and, and come up with some artifacts out of that too. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the key at the end of the day. It's not just, you know, building, yeah. you know, relationships with people, which is highly important when building what I think of uh, customer led or community led kind of stuff, but it's, you know, you've got to help, you've got to help each other, right? Like this would go to car customer marketing, you know, they'll want to put it on the website, you know, all this kind of stuff and, and lots of artifacts and even potential campaigns down the road that are going on within, you know, uh, the digital team and growth and, and things like that. But, you know, I just want to do what I'm good at and that's building relationships with people and then capturing that information, you know, some way, somehow, and anywhere I go, you know, because that's the key at the end of the day. Yeah, it's great that, your community is building relationships with each other. Sometimes when you don't capture that information, uh, it doesn't always necessarily have to be used for marketing purposes, but it could be used for, you know, posting on the community or, you know, post on LinkedIn and show all the fun that you're having and building relationships and drinking beer and whatever the hell else you do, you know? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's about telling the story of what you're doing. I, yeah. I've been working this a lot lately with my team. Um, how do we tell the story? We've actually had like some really big successes this year. Our yeah. community events program has grown a bunch. Our last two events were like the biggest events we've ever had. And they, you know, they're sharing these data points and they're like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, all right, well, let's, let's talk about how we share this story more <laughs> internally, right? Like, yeah. how do we make some slides? How do we get that in front of some of our executive team? How do we tell other teams that want to work with us, you know, hey, these are the kinds of results we can have. And uh, so, you know, what you were just saying right there, some of it is capturing things yeah. you've got artifacts and so that the work that you do is always amplified and has some That's evergreen right. aspects. Yes. But whether you use it for marketing or not, you need to be able to have those things to point to as your success stories. Um, this is something I find a lot of people struggle with is the idea that you do really have to toot your own horn when yes. you're at work. And a lot of us are uncomfortable doing that, right? We grew up believing in being modest and humble. And, you know, I mean, like at Zendesk, one of our company values is humbledent, which is humble and confident mixed together. Um, <laughs> That's great. But part of that confidence side of humbledent is sharing it when you have a big win and sharing a success. Um, I actually do a lot of mentoring outside of work as well. Oh, really? I was talking 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I do it through the Wisconsin Women's Network, and then I'm also going to be doing it through uh, the community club as well. Awesome. Um, Love it. And I was talking with one of my mentees last week, and she was asking me, she said, you know, somebody on my team that started around the same time as me got a promotion, and I didn't, and I don't understand why. Hmm. And so we talked about, you know, one, that's a great conversation to have with your manager. Very good. But two, you need to make sure that you're sharing what you're working on with your manager. I think because of the way that we go through school, um, a Hmm. lot of us come into the workforce under the impression that like, well, if I just work hard and do good work, it'll speak for itself and other people will just see it and they'll recognize me and they'll promote me. And the reality I'm here to tell everybody is like, as a manager, we try real hard to like see the work that our employees are doing. Yeah. But the best thing that you can do is like write up that little summary sheet and get really good at telling the story of your own successes. Here was the business problem we were trying to solve. Here's what we did. Here was the results. I led this process or I collaborated with these teams on this. It's so important to go to your own horn. And it, it feels like it blows people's minds sometimes when I say that. And they're like, you mean it's not enough just to do the good work? I also have to talk about it. It's like, yeah, absolutely. You, you well, definitely think, share that story. <laughs> I think um, at the end of the day, like there's no way that I would have been promoted to to director, for example, back in November, if I didn't, in a way, toot my own horn. Yeah. So, you know, I do it in a different way. Like, I'm not saying look at what Chris Detzel's doing, you know, but but I do say, if you facilitate really good things that happen and, and toot the horn of what community is doing with those people, like, for example, if, you know, there's 10 people in the organization or five people in the organization helping you create content, getting on uh, webinars, answering questions on, you know, uh, community, and you're letting people know within the organization that they're doing this on community. Well, who runs community? I do, right? Like, and so, and it, I, I'll give you an example, and, and something's coming up for me, uh, for community specifically, that every six weeks, I get the opportunity to present in, in front of what we call the Relteo uh, or the EROC. So it's executive rock. So all the executives uh, at Relteo, in addition to directors and VPs are on this particular call. Every single week they have one, but I get to present every six weeks. And sometimes I get to present in the entire company, you know, depending on if I really want to. Anyways, this time around, um, I get the opportunity, uh, I can present on anything I want, really. Nobody really cares. You know, they're just like, oh, great, community's doing these things. But there's some things that we've been doing or community has been doing to embed into the marketing organization, to embed into organization overall. So, for example, one of those things is, you know, I had a customer come on to uh, our community show, Realtio Community Show, which is our webinars, um, and he talked all about his experience from uh, buying uh, Relteo to implementing Relteo and to his experience from, uh, you know, when you look at, he even talked about Informatica being kind of the, they're, they're our competitor, a big competitor. And he talks about how Relteo was better. I mean, literally, like how much better Relteo is better uh, than Informatica because of on-prem versus SaaS. SaaS is just where it's at. And it's easier to do this, easier to do that. I mean, for a full long hour, he's talking about business goals, business outcomes, business benefits, and he's talking all this stuff, right? And so what we did was, um, you know, of course, I promoted that heavily. And so I said, hey, you know, here's a quick hit video. And I created 
two or three quick hit videos from that one video. And I push it out to the marketing team. I push it out to my CEO and in hashtag community Slack channel, you know, and, and then what happened was um, we embedded that one of the quick hit videos directly into the main page of the website of, you know, uh, it was like a 30 second long quick hit, you know? And so I'm going to promote that community is embedding themselves. We're embedding ourselves into marketing. We're embedding ourselves into customer stories. We're embedding ourselves into product management because they're the ones going on after every release talking about, you know, different, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, new features that are coming out and go in depth and, and getting our customers excited. And so there's three or four great examples of how community is embedded. And what is it doing? Is it tuning my horn? Yes, but not, but in, indirectly, right? Like it's, this is what we're doing and this is how we're doing it, you know? And, and so. And that's a good point of clarification. Cause I certainly don't mean it to sound like yeah. anybody needs to go out and be like, Hey, everybody, look at what I'm doing. It's much more of telling the story. Of that's what- right what's happening in your space. And, you know, to your point, when they say, oh, that's awesome. Who runs this? And you're like, oh, that, that's me. Yeah. Right. And that's <laughs> exactly that's it. you tell the, the videos, me for now. Anyways. Yeah. You tell the story of your success and then, you know, no, you a little more quietly and it's, it, it works out really well, but Absolutely. the reality is I think in community, we often feel like my work is so public. Everybody should be able to see, you know, all they got to do is go to a forum or do an event. And it's like, yeah, but people aren't going to do that. You need to make it really easy for them to understand. And so I think getting good at storytelling is such a key. It's, and, uh, it's the you know, key. You know, it's the key. Oh, hundred percent. You and I were talking hmm. about in the pre-show, I've been, I've been doing some different classes. I've been focused yeah. kind of on professional development a lot lately. Yeah. Um, and storytelling is one of the key elements that keeps coming up over and over and over. You have right. to get good at storytelling. And if you're not, there's a ton of great resources out there, but like being good at a slide deck and being good at putting a narrative arc and yep. you know, making it compelling is so important. I, uh, I've seen a number of people that you're like, Hey, tell me about the results of the thing you did. And they send you like a spreadsheet with numbers on it That's or right. like a slide <laughs> with a bunch of data. And you're like, so this feels like the data is going to back up your story. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't throw me the data because now I have to interpret it. And if I don't That's have right. a ton of context for it, I might make some assumptions that aren't correct. So it's really important to put that, that like narrative and yeah. it'll just keep people engaged and interested. You know, you send me a bunch of numbers. I'm going to glance at it and be like, okay. I, Good night. I, looks <laughs> <laughs> I think that, uh, that is so true because, you know, a lot of people present on things and they're just showing the data and, Although the data is highly important to kind of show progress and things like that, you know, there needs to be a story with it. Every single one that I have, that I, every presentation I do in front of this EROC is got some narrative. Yes, they want to see the data up front. Great. Okay, here's the data. Now we're done with that, those two or three slides. Here's the story behind the data. You know what I mean? Like, tell hey, me what it means. Tell me why this, it's yeah. this good or bad. Is it getting better or worse or staying the same? Or just, to, I agree. You tell some of that. It's good, bad, whatever. But also, I like to tell kind of like real life things like, oh, you know, uh, Pete from uh, company ABC did this thing. Uh, and now he's on our main website. Sometimes I even do demos, you know, like a search, for example. And I'll be like, but matching and merging, you know, 
community is number one on matching and merging uh, a Reltio. Here's the article. Who's here's who wrote it, and here's the webinar that it came from. Right, like the 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 reality is when you look at SEO, we are starting to become on the first page of Google, and it's really cool because Matt Gagan did a great job on this article. La la la. No, I did that one time, and Matt Gagan sent me a message. Chris, thanks so much for calling me out. Called him out because he did it, right? You know, and th- you know, it's just <laughs> I love telling those things, and and you just got to go find it. It doesn't matter how big or small this story is, amplify it, make it big, you know, um, and and find those stories because you know, especially when you first start out on a community. You know, the, the stories are far in between. So you got to go find them and figure them out, you know, make this little thing. Somebody posted for the first time. Oh, my God, it was awesome. They even replied to this other message. This is great. <laughs> See, it's working. You know, that kind of stuff. Don't want to say go overboard all the time. But, you know, you have to build the momentum. But also, you know, when you continue to do that and you really show the value and customers then start saying things, tell people about it, you know. If somebody writes it down or somebody says it, you you get a, a video of it. Cut that video out and send it over to hashtag Slack or you know community Slack or whatever. You're you know totally yeah it's so important. And then you're the person doing it, you know, and, and you start getting that. I don't, that is an that's an that's one of my uh, things that I think is so important that you hit on and, and something I'm very excited about is about the storytelling and promoting yourself in some ways. You know, it's it's very passionate about that. Yeah, me too. I so here's my one of my little like hacks is uh, I highly recommend keeping a, a folder on your desktop. Yeah. Where every time somebody says something great about you or mm-hmm. something great about your community or your work or whatever, screenshot that and put it in that folder. Yeah. And it's really handy for a couple of reasons. One, if you're having a bad day, go read through that stuff. <laughs> yeah. It can make you feel a lot better. But two, now you've got this huge resource that you can build up over time where you can pull from those things. Anytime you need a quote for a deck, anytime you want to show something to your manager, you know, if you're, you're gunning for a promotion and you want to yeah. highlight, you know, here's what users say about how great my work is or how it impacts them, that kind of thing. That's right. Um, everybody should have that, uh, you know, have that folder of any examples or any quotes about what's going well or, or how, how things have yeah, I mean, I think that's important, especially when it comes to end of the year evaluations and things like that. If yeah. some one of your employees, you know, Nicole, uh, I think I've been doing a really, you know, you you give me a three out of five or four out of five. I really think I'm a five, and here's why: this customer says this, this customer says that, and you know, they really found value out of this, and so you know, I think my work speaks for itself. I mean, look, and you'd you'd have a hard time arguing with that because oh, I didn't really know people were saying that or, or whatever. That's good to know. Okay. Yeah. Well, here's your five, <laughs> you know, or whatever. I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't. Right. I mean, that that's, there's a lot of things like that. And then, you know, to stand out in front of the crowd, you know, like this year or this last year, I won the CEO kind of, uh, what was it? Cir- the CEO circle award, right? You know, only one person wins that every single year of all the stuff that you're doing. How did I win it? Well, you know, I showed value to the company, but I promoted myself in a big way and I stood out from every single person in the company. I mean, and and so you got to think about doing those kinds of things and it's very important. I mean, you still got to show value and you got to work your ass off, but I mean, you know, why wouldn't you work your ass off when you're at work? You know what I mean? Like, so 
anyways. Yeah. yeah. And it gives you stuff to tweet about, right? <laughs> yeah. LinkedIn about tweet, people like it, reply, comment and see it. You know, and, and it's it's kind of a good thing because other people see that over time and they'll see all the things that you've done and maybe they come for you later. Like they'll say, hey, you know, it'd be cool to have, you know, Nicole on, you know, my team. Maybe I can, you know, recruit her or whatever. I mean, that's happened several times in the past to me, you know, like, so how do you know? Yeah. I mean, that's how you get better. You know, if the company is not willing to promote you, you've been there for four or five years and there's nothing, you know, where you got to go somewhere else. You know what I mean? That to me is, is, is an option. And so how do you do that? Well, you promote yourself in some ways, you know, and it's being that thought leader or really good at what you do, I think. Yeah, I was I was talking with, again one of my mentees about how to network and how to build her network. She's she's in her first job ever. Uh-huh. She's thinking about changing jobs, and she's like, "Well, I don't I don't really know like how I do that." And so we started talking about a network because you know one of the things I share is I was like these days you know I don't whenever I've been looking for a job I haven't spent a lot of time like scanning want ads or something like that or looking for job postings. Most job it's been a while, Nicole. There, there is no want ads. I don't think. Yeah, I know. I, whatever they call them. Just pulling out the newspaper, looking for community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't done that in a really long time. So yeah, probably since high school. Um, but no, it's, it's most of the opportunities actually come these days because a recruiter reaches out right. or because somebody in your network reaches out. Um, not that I'm job hunting right now. I'm very happy at Zendesk. Thank you. But, um, <laughs> you know, these are important skill sets for anybody to have. And, you know, let's face it. We are in an uncertain job market. It's a good right. time to be thinking about how you promote yourself, how you build up your little portfolio, how you build your network. Um, and that's not specifically the reason that I've gotten more active on, on Twitter and LinkedIn recently, but I did realize that I, I missed having a broader network yep. and I was really active on Twitter, like early, like 2008 to 2012-ish. Yep. That was, I was super involved with it. I worked at tech startups a lot. I was doing a lot of things. And then I, I let it kind of go quiet for a while and I've, I've gotten more engaged again recently. And it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, a whole new thing to me where I'm simply like finding this new community of yeah. community managers and people to connect with. And, you know, my mentee's asked, she's like, well, how do I, like, do I just, like, go to somebody just ask them to talk to me? And it's like, pretty much, it's called an informational interview, you know, go out on LinkedIn, go out on Twitter, whatever, go find the people that are talking about things in your industry, find somebody you want to talk to and, and reach out. I mean, that's, that's how I ended up on this podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just sent you a message, um, I think, and that's yeah. how I do it. I mean, you, you hit it spot on, I think. You know, if you think, hey, I'm not a good networker. Well, you know, probably none of us are really that good at first and at anything we do. And we just spend time doing it. Like uncomfortable and awkward for almost everybody. She's like, oh, it's kind of, kind of awkward about it. It's like, yeah, everybody does. Don't worry about that. (laughs) Yeah. At first, I mean, you know, now I don't really care. I was telling you a little story today is, you know, I've reached out to several community leaders. Um, I I reach out to community leaders now to kind of, to interview on a podcast on this podcast, or even have you and I are now just having more discussions than anything, which I love. Uh, but you know, some people don't reply, some people do, and it doesn't matter. I don't really care. You know, like I want to interview, and that's why I'm, you know, sending them a message because I think, you know, they're probably doing some good things if they're at this really big company or whatever, and 
their title is VP of community, you know, would love to talk to them. You know, how'd you do that? Like one interesting interview that I had and super cool guy was Fran Murphy from, and he works specifically at uh, Upwork. So he's a VP of community. And this guy, I don't know how many people know about him, but this guy is one of the smartest dudes I've ever met. You know, like when you think of uh, all the shit that they're doing, I mean, and, and I thought, geez, you know, this guy, wow, <laughs> never talked to him before, but you know, it was, but you never know who you're going to talk to uh, if you don't reach out to him. And, and if you don't build the network, then it's going to be hard for you to find a job. I mean, like yeah. the, the beauty of what I'm doing is if, if something ever happened to my job, you know, the first people I'm reaching out to are people from my podcast, Nicole, you know, hey, just so you know, I'm looking for this, blah, blah, blah. Hey, Elizabeth, la, la, la. Hey, Fran, you know what I mean? So, I mean, that's, that's what you have to do. I know somebody that's done that to me, you know, hey, Chris, if you see some, and I would pass them along job opportunities because I'm getting, you know, uh, people asking me if I need, if I want a job, you know, uh, at, at their company or whatever. So I'll just say, I'm not looking, but so-and-so is, you know, and, and yeah. that's how that works, you know? Well, and that's a good point. Like when recruiters reach out, you know, sometimes they'll reach out with an opportunity where I'm like, that's not really for me, Yeah. but let's still have a conversation. I want to find out about that opportunity because I might know someone who yeah. would be a good candidate for you. I might have a colleague or a peer or a friend who's looking for a job that's a right fit. So let's find out more about that opportunity so I can pass that along. And I, I love referring people over for other jobs. And for me, it's a little bit of paying it forward about, yeah. Seven or eight years ago, I had gotten, I'd, I'd had a contract gig and my contract came to an end and the company wasn't able to renew it. And I was out of work and I needed to figure out what to do. And so I sent an email out to about 50 people with my resume and said, I'm looking for my next opportunity. Here's the kinds of jobs I'm interested in. If you hear of anything and somebody who I didn't even know very well, I just connected with her on Twitter. Mm -hmm. A woman named Rachel King, she's super awesome. She's based out of LA, I think, um, pinged me and said, hey, this recruiter reached out to me about this gig. I don't think it's right for me, but you might be really interested. You want me to make an introduction? And that led to me getting my first job out in Silicon Valley and moving from Denver out to the Bay Area and getting that whole set of experience, which was super, super valuable for my career. Yeah. But it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't built that network and sent that email out that said, hey, you know, does anybody have any opportunities? And she was so kind to pass that opportunity along to me. And it literally changed my life. Right. It yeah. it changed the salary range I was working in. It changed the kinds of jobs I was doing. It was the precursor to sort of what led to me ultimately ending up at, here at Zendesk and, and doing the great stuff I'm doing here. Um, so, yeah, I think like building that network knowing your story, knowing what, you know, points you want to call out to about your own successes, super valuable stuff to be doing. And honestly, it's something that we should all be doing all the time. Don't yeah. wait until you're out of work to go, okay, right. well, now I got to go round up examples and now I got to update my resume and my LinkedIn <laughs> and I got to go build my network. Like you want to have that stuff handy. So, you know, if on the off chance you get laid off or you just decide it's time to change jobs, you have that stuff ready and you can just, roll forward with it and you don't that, have to that's the beauty of LinkedIn, right? Is yeah. um, is that it's easy to keep updated. So something I've done and, and I love what you're saying is um uh about kind of keeping all that updated and, and I think that's important because it's really a lot of effort and time if you don't because then oh, yeah. you gotta go look. So what I've done in the past was I look at other jobs that do similar things that I do and just copy and paste that shit, you know, and and you know mm -hmm. 
just saying, okay, well, that's not exactly what I do. So this is exactly so that you don't have to come up with all that shit. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's a lot of stuff to come up with. You could even get on word. And so a lot of times it gives you, uh, ideas of what, you know, whatever job you're looking for of like, uh, examples or ideas of other resumes that they, they, they can show you, which is kind of a cool feature. Um, but the other point I think is important, Nicole is, is do not burn bridges. Um, and yes. I, I think that whenever you, uh, go to an organization, you know, you never know who you're going to influence. I'll give you an example. So I'm all full of examples today because this is kind of my, this is my wheelhouse. You know, it's the stuff I love to hey, do. Examples are good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like if you don't give examples and, you know, but is, uh, so I worked for a company back, um, years ago called financialforce.com only for eight or nine months, you know, and I was kind of doing community stuff and then customer success stuff. And then I went to another company, did that for about three years. And then somebody reached out to me like four years later, you know, or, you know, after that three years of one company said, Hey, Chris, we get this great opportunity. And, and I thought of you first. And so I told my boss about this and whatever, because you know, we worked together. And so, boom, I was like, all right, you know, cause my time was almost over with this one company. And uh, so I interviewed with a company called Imperva, got the job and built their community from scratch. And then the way I got, came to Reltio is who knew, but our CEO is the one that recruited me, right? Like my CEO today, <laughs> that was the CEO of Imperva in the past. We talked a little, but not much. Like I didn't know, you know, like I, I kept up with him or whatever, you know, and then he recruited me later because he's seen all the things that I did with Imperva, right? And so I think, you know, there's two opportunities that came to me. One was from Financial Force, where the VP of customer success recruited me and I was on her team, right? And then uh, from Imperva to where I'm at today, the CEO recruited me. And, and I think that you never know who's watching because I never knew those two were really knew anything about what I did. You know, I had no idea. But do a good job, promote yourself in a big way through social channels, through, you know, uh, work channels like Slack or, you know, whatever you use. And I, I think it's key. You know, you never know. So. Oh, you never know. You know, a lot of people are always like, life is short. And like, life is actually very long. And you have no idea the That's winding right. path and where you can re-intersect with people later in life. Yeah. Or sometimes it's even just something as simple as like, you know, maybe somebody doesn't necessarily think you'd be off the top of their head, but you get yourself in that hiring pool and they say, oh, I recognize that name. Yeah. I think I've heard of that person. I think I've talked to them before. Um, you know, and like we were saying too, like keep your stuff current and updated. Like I just finished the uh, C-School Community Management Leadership course, which highly recommend, especially for anyone that's interested in moving into a leadership role. It's a really great like introduction to what it is to, to run a team or be a, a team lead, but you can bet that certification was on my LinkedIn and on my resume yeah. the day that I got it. I was like, yeah. just update that. You know, um, one of my team members is going to be one of the CMX communityers and, and kind of help out with that community. And I was like, you should put that on your LinkedIn. And of course he's like, am I getting fired? And he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> But you should put it on your LinkedIn. You want to have it there yeah. because someday you won't work for me anymore. And you're going to want to have that listed. Not so just you should be proud of those accomplishments. So yeah, it is, it is so important to be thinking about those things 
just for the future and build those networks and build those relationships because you never know where they're going to lead you. And sometimes it's going to turn into really cool stuff. It really is. And I, I love this discussion and, and, you know, it's not one that I felt like I just had to think about, you know, sometimes we have some deep discussions around the job of community management uh, and things like that. And you really got to think about it, but you know, this is really fun, Nicole. Yeah, I agree. I, I love talking about all of this stuff and, and sometimes, you know, there's, there's a lot of career things that are relevant in the community space and we can always take the nuance on it, you know. I agree. And congratulations on getting your certification. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm quite pleased with it. And honestly, the best thing that came out of the course was the network. I got to meet community managers from some really cool companies and, and places that I would never have, I didn't have connections. I wouldn't have had insights. And like, Three or four of us are meeting up for coffee on a, a you know every couple of weeks on an ongoing no basis after that course because we we learned so much from each other we made those good connections so that's the other thing is like if you feel awkward about networking and getting out there and promoting yourself go take a class that's a great yeah. way to build your network and meet people that's a much you know lower key way to do it. So you meet for coffee like just on Zoom or something or. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, wow, you, you met people right by your house? That's kind of cool. <laughs> I, I mean, there are a couple of community managers here in Wisconsin that are pretty awesome. Um, oh, really? I'm not meeting in person, so. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever met um, uh, Elizabeth from Slack? Have you, have you met her yet? Not in person, but we, we actually, we're, we're hanging out tomorrow. You are? <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Tell her I said hello. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say, you have to meet her. Um, yeah, no, Elizabeth's awesome. I mean, Honestly, there's very, very few people in our field that I've met that I haven't been super impressed by. And that's the funniest thing to me. I I think a lot of us tend to look around at people at other companies and be like, oh man, that person must be like so amazing. And I wonder if they'd ever have time to talk to me. And then you get on the phone and realize like, oh, we're peers. Yeah. We're dealing with the same problems. We're at the same level. Yeah. And that has been one of the coolest things to me about getting more active with really getting out there meeting people and talking to them is realizing like, oh, yeah, we're all we're all kind of in this together. We're all doing the same stuff. We're all dealing with the same challenges. I don't need to be so nervous about like reaching out to somebody and asking them for coffee. And people are coming to me and asking me to have a chat. And yeah, it's just I love community people because we all yeah. tend to be so wanting to connect and share and things like that. What I love about community folks is that uh, one is yeah, we're working on a lot of the same stuff, right? You know, and and sometimes it, it feels like you're alone, you know, maybe if you have a team, it doesn't feel as alone, but, um, but then when I talk to people like you, you know, and we're talking about content planning, engagement strategy, I don't know, whatever it is, roadmap tactics, all that kind of stuff. It's like, okay, you know, Nicole's doing some of this stuff or, Hey, you know, I think I'm doing an amazing job at something. And, you know, actually Nicole's been doing this for years and done actually did something really amazing with it, you know? And it's like, Oh, well, tell me more about that, you know, because I thought I was doing a pretty good job and doing okay, I guess, but not as much as or, uh, you know, and so you can really learn from each other and, and, and take and steal ideas from each other because, I mean, who cares at the end of the day? Like, if I'm going to do it at Reltio, who cares, right? You know, and, and so that's the beauty of this, you know. Oh, 100%. I, I feel like community people in particular, we don't tend to be super competitive. We all tend to be like, let's yeah. raise what community is across the board. It's that rising tide right. raises all boats. And I feel like so many of us are here to help raise everybody else's boats up and, and help share. And um, the other thing to keep in mind is like, one, 
so many community professionals are either a solo person or like yeah. you're at a middle management level and you're the most experienced person about community at your company. And so <laughs> yeah. you need to reach out to yeah. people at companies and build that network so that you have other people to bounce ideas off of. Because a lot of time, maybe your boss is, you know, a communications manager or something like yeah. that. They, they sort of know community, but like they probably don't know more about it than you. And no. if you need someone who does, you're looking outside your company to, to get that information. So that's super important. Um, but it's also like, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, like we're running a, we're launching our user group program at Zendesk this summer. And I was like, there are lots of great examples of user group programs yeah. out there. We don't need to go try to reinvent this. Let's go no. figure out what the best ones are doing and let's put our own spin on it. And let's do that. You know, there are tried and true strategies that work. Yeah. Are you guys using them. like a bevy or no? Yeah, yeah. So we're using um, Bevy for that. And then we're looking at one of the reasons I'm talking to Elizabeth is we're looking at potentially adding a Slack component and letting our, yeah. our groups talk to each other kind of in real time. Um, so yeah. Yeah, the, that, that would be very that, interesting. That's a whole podcast we could do. <laughs> we No, we should we should think about that for next time because, yeah. um, you know, I've been talking a little bit with Bevy, but, you know, for me, it's like, that's another program I have to do. And I'm not sure I'm going to take that on right now, but there could yeah. be some opportunity for us to talk about kind of the, you know, um, ins and outs, how you start it, what you do to start getting people interested in that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm sure because I've heard you talk about user groups for a long time now, or at least that yeah. you're getting, you know, kicking and, it off. We've been thinking about it and working on it for many months so far. We're, we're on the brink. I, I think we're about one or two months out from actually doing it. Yeah, we should talk about that in the next one. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds great. great. I think that kind of that's a great time to kind of close. And uh, Nicole, thank you so much for coming on again. And this, I love oh, the conversation. A lot of fun. Favorite. Good, good. Next, yeah, you know, at some point we'll have to have beers. Uh, that's what everybody says. But um, I'm I, I, you're having coffee instead, so you know. Yeah, it's well. I get same time. It's like noon, like at one o'clock here. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about you. I can't really like drink in the middle of my work day. It's not not a, not a productive way to get through the afternoon. <laughs> it's not a good, good uh, combo. <laughs> Thanks everyone for tuning in to another Peers Over Beers. I'm Chris Detzel and I'm Nicole Saunders. Thanks, Nicole.